I'm David Enders, and this is the Takes News Update. We are coming to you on Sundays with weekly updates as Israel's war on Gaza continues. The death toll in Gaza rose above 25,000 Palestinians as evidence has emerged of further Israeli war crimes. The Israeli Prime Minister rejected a Palestinian state, and Israeli troops killed a 17-year-old Palestinian-American in the West Bank. Today is Sunday, January 14th. As Israel's war in Gaza goes on, reports of torture, summary executions, and other war crimes have mounted. This week, witnesses spoke to Al Jazeera about the execution of 19 men in Gaza City last month. Tanks and bulldozers surrounded the building. On the 19th of December, Israeli soldiers entered the building. They smashed on our apartment door. My husband opened it and told them we were all civilians. They took him to another apartment. I followed them, pleading with them to let him go, because we were all civilians. There were no members of the resistance here. They beat me and my daughters. They put us women in one place and threatened us with guns and knives. They made us strip. They searched us, insulting us and using the most terrible words. They took our names and filmed us. May God bestow his mercy on the 19 men in this building they killed. My husband was one of them. They ordered them to bend down and executed them. They killed them all. As Gaza emerged from a communications blackout on Saturday, little had changed for those trying to find shelter from the ongoing fighting and Israeli bombardment. The internet communication was resumed after around nine days of disruption, and people have been checking on their deers, sending text messages, calling and hoping they would get through to get some first account information from their deers that they have been worried about. Freelance journalist Akram al-Satari is in the city of Khan Yunis in southern Gaza. He said armed drones stalked the area from above and fighting continued near Nasser Hospital, one of the last medical facilities still operating in Gaza. The situation is dire, continues to be very dire. People expect death every single uh, second of the day. They walk, they eat, they sleep under that imminent threat of death. In the uh, last uh, few days in Khan Yunis, there were some incursions in the area of Khan Yunis graveyard, and the Israeli army unearthed around 21 bodies that were claimed to be bodies of captive Israelis, but then it turned out that they are just Palestinians. Akram said the Israelis were demolishing entire city blocks in Han Yunis. He does not know the fate of his own home, which he fled last month with his family. Whole blocks in uh, like uh, 20, 30 homes altogether, blown up in around one or two minutes, and that takes some work to, uh, to uh, plant the explosives and also before that displace the people. On Friday, U.S. President Joe Biden called Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu after Netanyahu said Israel would not accept a Palestinian state, a position that put him directly at odds with official U.S. statements. In any future arrangement, settlement or no settlement, Israel needs security control over all territory west of the Jordan River. This is a necessary condition and it collides with the idea of sovereignty. What can you do? I tell this truth to our American friends, and I also stop the attempt to impose a reality on us that would harm Israel's security. 
the U.S. State Department has asked the Israeli government for information after soldiers killed a 17-year-old Palestinian-American in the West Bank on Friday. Mourners held a funeral for Taufik Ejak on Saturday. The boy's father, Hafez, said the family had moved back to the West Bank one year ago from the U.S. They are killer machines, and they're using our tax dollars in the U.S. to support, to support the weapons to kill our own children. He's been here for one year. He does not know anything. I'm teaching him what's life. I'm teaching him what's the land, what's the cost of the land. And here he is. He's paying for it, for freedom. Africa condemns this unacceptable moral legal and humanitarian failure and demands... Finally, representatives of 120 countries at the annual meeting of the Non-Aligned Movement, the largest single alliance of countries outside of the United Nations, added their support for a ceasefire. Al Jazeera's Catherine Soy reported from the meeting, which was held this week in Kampala, Uganda. We call for a ceasefire, respect of international law, and the support of a two-state solution. The Non-Aligned Movement was founded in 1961, during the height of the Cold War. What's clear is that there is an increased desire by many countries in the global South to change a political and global order, which they say is unfair. And that's The Take for Sunday, January 14th. Please join us again tomorrow. This episode was produced and mixed by me, David Enders, in for Malika Bilal.